and welcome to the Habibis, three game developers drinking good Arab tea. I'm your host for this week, Osama Dorias. And I'm Rami Ismail. Awesome. It's so good to hear all three of us back and podcasting together. <laughs> right. That's been a while, hasn't it? <laughs> it has been a while. So been... what have you all been up to this week? I've been playing... I guess... Oh, Rami wants to go first. Go for it. I don't. I don't. I don't remember what. What? what who was it last episode? It was. It was all three of us. It was. was it? Rami, I can't Rami was in it. a car. I was week. in a car. Oh, I was in a Burger King. That's true. I was that's on a parking true. lot, and it was also one of those chaos episodes where it got recorded like late, I think, or like the edit was weird, or yes. I don't know. It was a chaos episode. Well, it's a good thing we're never going to do another one of those again, right? <laughs> there will never ever be a situation where I'm in a weird spot in the world. <laughs> I feel like, you know, now we're living through the true promise of the show in which, like, you know, there will be an episode every week, inshallah. Now I'm I'm really feeling the inshallah of that that, uh, promise. (laughs) There's also sort of like an inshallah on my end that I will inshallah be able to record it every week. (laughs) Because it used to be like, you know, the time in which, like, you know, uh, pandemic had to place us all at home and then we knew that every Sunday we're going to sit down and record and then the episode is going to come out inshallah on Friday (laughs) but now the world is opening up in a bit and um, the Habibis are on the loose (laughs) 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 so trying to get us all together at the same time has been a bit more of a challenge as of late I've finally bought a travel microphone Uh that's good just to prepare uh, for it it's the gadget segment we need to have music (laughs) for the gadget segment (laughs) 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 Rami's gadgets (laughs) okay but I've really uh, okay I will be honest Fozzy I've been buying a lot of travel gadgets Uh because I'm starting travel up again and there's a few things you absolutely need while traveling it's a big change from buying a bed with a built in air conditioning so like it's (laughs) a complete opposite right right Um, All right. What are the oh, what are the must must own travel gadgets? Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. I'm thinking yeah. PlayStation Five, of course. <laughs> That's important. That's important. You you can't you can't travel without a PS Five. That's important uh, because if something happens to the wing of the airplane, you can just use the exactly. PS Five as a wing. Exactly. A Mandalorian uh, can use it as a jetpack. <laughs> right. Uh, no. Okay. So. There's one device that I, I, I really can't travel without, and it is... Well, okay, there's two devices I really can't travel about, without, but one is very obvious. It's a power brick, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Um, so I have a converter, and it's one of those USB-C power converter, like one of those new Gantt ones that has like higher uh, voltage and everything. They're great. But I, I also I- travel with a power cube, which is just like a little cube with six power outlets on it. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. I think I travel yeah. around my my own apartment with a power bank. Like right. if I if I go from the living room to the kitchen, I'll be like, oh, it's a long walk. I probably should get a power bank with me, <laughs> right? Because I don't know so, if my phone is going to take it. <laughs> right. So yeah, I have I have a power bank with me, but the cube is really important to me because I I travel with a lot of gadgets, and I don't I don't want to travel with a lot of converters. Uh huh. So I usually have two converters on me, one for uh, you know like next to the hotel bed. Mm-hmm. and one for near the TV mm-hmm. uh, so I can just hook up everything um, so one of those power cubes five five power plugs and it's tiny it just throws into your into your backpack and, uh, you know otherwise you got one of those power strips they're like long and bulky and take uh, a lot of space so much space so yeah. the cube is great cube the is second great. thing is it's called it's by a company called uh, gi.net. Uh, GL.net, sorry, GL.net, and they make a router called the MT300NV2. But it's very easy to find. If you just type in Mango Router, you can find this thing. Wait, you take your own router with you? So I bring with me this Mango Router. It is a tiny, tiny little yellow box, Yeah. right? It powers over USB, just over USB, no power beyond that. Mm-hmm. It has a WAN, uh, a one like a, a, an internet port. It has a LAN port. It has USB. And the trick with this device is it can work not just as a router. It also works as a repeater. Oh. And that's huge because it means if you're in an airplane and you want to connect more than one device to the paid internet connection, you just connect this guy to it. That's amazing. And now you have your own Wi-Fi. It's just set to the same Wi-Fi that I use at home. Uh-huh. So... I don't have to reprogram my devices. I don't have to do anything. I just sit down in the hotel, in the airplane, in the cafe, 
There's a VPN on it, so it's it's uh, a firewall. Uh, you know, it's encrypted. Um, so I I cannot use internet without this guy. Wow, That's incredible! I didn't even know this thing existed. It's so useful. It it's also like thirty euros. Yeah, wow. it's nothing. Yeah, it's great. It is literally the greatest device in the history of all travel devices ever. <laughs> wow, and Amazon guarantees I could have it tomorrow. <laughs> That's no, a good that's combination. <laughs> It's a, it's a tiny device. If you ever lose it or break it, they ship pretty much worldwide, wherever I've been, because you can you can get them from like AliExpress, Amazon, like, you know, wherever. If, as long as a company sells weird stuff, they'll sell this thing. <laughs> um, but you can also use it, for example, if you want, you can use it as a repeater for your mobile hotspot. So if you're on your mobile and you want to, you know, hotspot that connection, you can do that. If you have one of those USB uh, 3G, 4G, 5G routers... Uh, or or modems, you can just plug that into the USB port and it'll start spreading that connection as well. So whatever the internet device is that you're using it, this turns it into your own Wi-Fi. That is so cool. It is brilliant. I wish I knew about this earlier. It's one of those things. Right. But so this is, I've been, I bought a new one of these. I had one before. I have no idea where I put it. Uh, I'm sure it's That's somewhere the in the house. Having a small device like this, right? Well, yeah, but also normally it was just in my bag. Yeah. Right? This thing was with me all the time. It doesn't have a battery, so it, it doesn't matter much. Just plug it in whenever, whenever you need it. Yeah. That's amazing. That's really yeah, cool. I will surely find it sometime soon. But uh, yeah, the, so those two things, like the the power cube, I bought a new power cube. I couldn't find the old one either. And I bought this router again. And uh, yeah, I took it to, to Sweden. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did I did the, the podcast last week on it. Yeah, that's true. In my car. Mm. Um, so, you know, it's it's all it good. Love this device. Any I other? That, I found that like um, a USB-C based uh, dongle that uh, can replace the switch dock yes and that is one of the best travel things i always carry with me now all the time because it's, it's so uh, the dongle is very small it's not that big at all like it's the it's it's, it's half the size of my palm and it's like um, as thick as uh, a stack of uh, like five credit cards and you yeah. just plug the, the switch into it and yeah just plug, plug the it. switch into it and plug it into the tv and you're done that's yep. incredible there's yeah. also one that I really love that is all, it's basically your, your, um, it's basically a power, like uh, the, the power cable for the switch. Mm-hmm. You know that thing? Yeah. Uh, it's basically that, but it has an HDMI port on exactly. it. Exactly. Right. So it's, it's just, you just plug it into the wall and then stick your HDMI into that thing. Yeah. The, wow. you know, the, the dongle needs to be powered up in order for it to, yep. uh, to transmit the signal into the TV. Okay. So um, that dongle has a place in which you can connect it to electricity or whatever. Right. So yeah, it just it just works. Yep. Yeah, they're great. Yeah, and you also always need to carry around your Chromecast because you know. You right. Know. I have my Chromecast on me all the time. <laughs> I have I have that bigger one with Google TV on it. Yes. Uh, and I, I love that thing. It has a little remote. Yeah. Um, and it just means that you don't have to like hotspot your phone in or like it's whatever. Great. Uh, yeah. yeah, I love that thing. Another yeah, thing I that I now it. carry with me all the time when I'm traveling is a Razer Kishi. Yeah, me too. Because instead of carrying a PS5, which is, <laughs> you know, believe it or not, is not that practical, <laughs> or, an, or an Xbox Series X with you, yes, uh, I just um, uh, put my phone in the Kishi and then I just uh, stream the games I want to play on my phone. Uh, well, yes. yeah, I I'm not frequently near internet where that's that's a thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I no, do I, I do it as well, but I also play a lot of Android games that are just like because I was about to say I don't think your internet over there can stream any game kind of. Well, <laughs> usually when I use the Kishi, I'm using it from hotel internets in different places, right? right? So it's not the same thing when yeah, I use right. the, like that kind of device. But uh, I, I love my Kishi uh, very much, and you're not going to talk me out of it <laughs> on me. It's okay. You can, you, can, you can love whatever. I just think it's, you know, like it's far easier to just carry around a PlayStation 5. Yeah, exactly. It's much easier. <laughs> it's just, you know, you don't have to plug your phone in, which is far easier. It's just, you know, I like convenience. 
Of course. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to be an Arab car- carrying around a strange, weird shaped device with lots of cables coming out of it. <laughs> what yeah. could go wrong? What could go wrong? <laughs> but it, the, the thing is, like, every time I leave the Arab world, all my relative insists of giving me a giant metal container filled with right. white cheese or, or right. olive oil. <laughs> so I'm not sure which is worse. Right. <laughs> or like, here, b- before you go back to Sweden, I'm going to give you this giant plastic bag filled with sage, <laughs> which looks yep. like weed. Right. <laughs> and good luck convincing anyone in the airport that, yeah, I'm carrying half a kilo of sage. <laughs> because I'm Arab. <laughs> you, you know that what that reminded me of? When I went to Australia a, cu- a couple of years ago, uh, I wanted to try out Vegemite. Because everyone was why would you do that? Because I wanted to see what it was all but, about. But, but why would you do that? Because the, nobody ever gets introduced to Vegemite when you know you really need to try this. Everybody gets introduced <laughs> to Vegemite as like, this is terrible. You should not eat it. And you went like, you know what? I should eat it. For me, you it was what? like a practical joke. It was like, right. I have a spread <laughs> of Vegemite uh, because it tastes like jam. I'm like, oh, I love jam. And then I like, right. bite on it. And it's like... Vegemite. Yes. <laughs> not yes. That. Yeah, you not can't describe that. it in any other way. No. <laughs> so anyways, I wanted to tr- <laughs> I wanted to try it. And I did try it, but the people who let me try it were actually kinder than that and they put the right amount and it wasn't that bad. It wasn't something that I would ever eat again, but like I was able to tolerate <laughs> it. I was able to savor it and be like, "Okay, I now I know what this is." But my 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 friend Anne asked me. She she had come to Australia. She's a narrative director at Warner Brothers. She had come to Australia with me, but she had to leave early and she forgot. She wanted to bring some over for her husband. So she had already left and she said, hey, Osama, can you bring some with me? And it, for me, Does she like after- her husband? <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure they're in love, yes. I don't okay. know if they still are after this episode. The Vegemite <laughs> episode. Okay, yeah. I was like, that's very... I, you know, if somebody says, I want to bring Vegemite back for my husband, I'm like... <laughs> Have you tried counseling? <laughs> so anyway, I, I put some in my, in my bag and I completely forget about it. Like it wasn't something I kept in mind. And, you know, they when they stopped me for a random search and I was literally the only one that they stopped. This is not the States. This is Australia. There was nobody being stopped. And they took me aside. I'm like, here we go again. Mm-hmm. And then they took out this and like, what is this? And it, I blinked twice and I said, it's Vegemite. And the guy at the airport looks at me. He's like, you, you liked it? enough to <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't sure and I'm still not sure if he said that as a joke or if he actually sincerely meant it because I burst out laughing and he smiled and laughed with me and took it confiscated it, and let me go because it's a liquid and it was over yeah. the quantity I just didn't think about it because to me it's not food <laughs> this is not <laughs> it's not a problem this is like you know I put it next to the boomerangs I bought for my kids it was just a souvenir right <laughs> anyway Vegemite uh, yeah. you gotta I try I traveled it. the other day and um, I, I bought these uh, they're called Lumis they are um, small pianos Lumis Lumi. Uh, it's a small piano where the keys can light up, LED mm. style, and you can attach several back, like side to side, so you can so you can build a fuller piano effectively. Mm. Uh, and they're mostly used for like practice. Does it have to do at all with the Lumin Luminous game on PSP? No. Okay. No. Uh, no. But uh, so I had these Lumis, and they come in these nice carrying cases. And I had two of them next to each other. And I remember the bag going through the x-ray and me just looking at what it looked like on the x-ray. And I'm like, I'm in trouble. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> because there are these long rectangular like things with like lots of cables in it. And then there was a USB cable wrapped around it. And it just looked like two nondescript packages uh, oh, full no. of cables. And I'm just like, yep, nope, that's a random check. And surely <laughs> enough, I got random checks. And I'm like, it's the, I'm like, it's the pianos. And the guy looks at me, he's like, it's what? Like it's, <laughs> just open, just open the bag, man. And he's like, okay. Uh, opens opens the bag. He's like, sir, why is there a PS5 in this thing? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I mean, if he could open my bag and find a PS5 in there, if I was checking somebody and that happened, I'd be like, sir, where can I get this bag? Yeah, where, where did you find it? <laughs> how, how, how did you get the PS5? But also, how did you find a bag that fits the PS5? Very suspicious. <laughs> right. <laughs> this person's connected. They managed to find a PS5 and a bag to carry a PS5 in it. Yes. I don't know. I'm, I'm still not convinced the PS5 needs to be as big as it is. No, no one is. <laughs> Did you see that they uh, they sued Darkplate or Dbrand? They sued Dbrand. They no, shut who? them down earlier. So this is a new thing. No, no, they they, they shut down another company that did uh, them. Okay, but they didn't shut down Dbrand before. I didn't know. That. Uh, this is the first time they shut down uh, Dbrand. But Dbrand is a company that makes uh, dark plates for your PS5 because the original white is a nice not. The, the original white is just real bad. And I really like that Nintendo went and said, you know what we need to do for the new Switch? We're just going to make it white. <laughs> I'm like, what, why? why? So that who the, looked at, who looked at the Sony? PS5. Right. Who looked at Sony's PS5 and went like, wow, those colors. Mm. We, need, we need those. We need those colors. Um, but yeah, the switch on the Switch OLED, they do the same thing, like bright white on the dock as well. I'm like, why? Just make it black. Um, but yeah, so they make these these dark plates for the PS5, and I bought some, and they're great. And I don't understand why Sony isn't selling them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I don't understand why Sony is suing the company that is making them. It makes no sense. Makes well, I mean, I do understand, but also, <laughs> why? So, have you have you played anything since last time we spoke, Ram? You're playing Metroid. I finished Metroid. You finished Metroid. What do I you finished think? Metroid. So, I think last week I talked a little bit about how it's a bit railroaded. Yeah. Right. Um, and uh, now that I finished it, I actually think that's good. Okay. Uh, it's it's very much a Metroid experience in feeling. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it drops some of the more frustrating backtracking and not knowing where you're going. Like at worst, you'll, you know, I got stuck once for about 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. And then I just realized that I hadn't looked on the map properly. Uh, and then I figured it out. So it's a pretty railroaded, pretty straightforward uh, game. It's it's closer to an action game than a traditional Metroidvania, I would almost say. Mm-hmm. Um, but it absolutely retains some of that Metroidvania spirit in that, you know, you'll find a thing and then you'll go like, oh, I can go here now. Uh, it's just in old Metroids, it was very much like, oh, I can go here now. And you go there and you're like, okay, I got the thing. And now I have to find where to go. Well, and this one is like, oh, I can go here now. And that's always the direction you should be going anyway. Yeah. Right? Um, it remains incredibly fluid uh, from start to finish. They mm-hmm. do some really fun narrative twisty stuff near the end that you're used to from Metroid. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's uh, there's some pretty good uh, difficulty spikes throughout the game that don't really feel frustrating. Yeah. Except for the final boss. Hmm. Oh. And it's not that the final boss is a frustrating fight is that the checkpoint for it is in the worst place you could possibly imagine. Mm-hmm. So this is a fight that will wreck you several times, mm-hmm. but uh, the respawn point is before you get into the elevator to the fight. No. So okay. you have to go up the elevator, that starts a cutscene, oh, then you God. skip the cutscene, and then you play the fight. Oh, no. Why? why? I have no idea why that happened. It seems to be a load or so, uh, of some sorts, but then just yeah. respawn me near... Respawn me in a place where I can still take the elevator back down, yeah. right? Just put a put a save room. And I understand that dramatically it's nice to go up the elevator. and But, like, after the 12th time getting getting beat by this guy, I was just like, okay, I'm going to just 100% everything yeah. so that I'll be better prepared for the fight. So, Rami, I started playing this game. And um, in the early on section, like, the, there's this, maybe maybe the game later on, uh, makes this better, but I'm I'm generally puzzled by why did they have the Emmy? Uh, yeah, like I, you know, it's a it's a Met- Metroid game, so it's about exploration, right? And then mm-hmm. there's this enemy that you know starts chasing you, and will kill you if it catches you, and therefore, basically, just forces you to explore faster. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it doesn't seem to to do any other purpose, and like for the for the life of me, I don't understand it. 
I think what happened is like obviously Dread is a is a a narrative and philosophical sequel to Fusion. Mm-hmm. And in Fusion, you have the SAX. Yeah. Right. And I think the Emmy is just the SAX in in different shape. Okay. Right. So it's it's meant to force you to deal with certain areas in unique or different ways. Mm-hmm. And then your your goal is to make those spaces safe to you. Right. Yeah. And uh, figuring out how to do that is is part of the puzzle of each area. But again, it's pretty railroaded, so that it's not it's not like there's like a lot to think about. You just go through the Emmy zone mm-hmm. and exit it at the other end, and then keep doing that until you get a thing that allows you to make the zone safe. I don't know. Have you have you have you cleared an Emmy zone yet? Not not yet. All I right. think of a very. Early, I think I played an hour or so of Metroid right. so far. So yeah, the, the Emmys are not permanent. Uh, yeah. As in, you can you can make a space safe. It just you know you have to do that first, and after that, you get to explore it as much as you want. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I I didn't like the Emmys at first, but mm-hmm. you know I I saw them as sort of like a throwback to the SAX, which was honestly terrifying, and I kind of loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Emmys are just a little less imposing. Yeah. Uh, but they kind of grow on you. You know. Uh, I think the last one was frustrating. Mm-hmm. But uh, all the other ones, you just kind of after the second one, you're like, okay, I know, I know what to expect and what to do here. Yeah, it's uh, hard for me not to think of Samus Returns when I'm playing this game because it's mm-hmm. it's very very similar in how it right. uh, feels like similar tech that they've used uh, the way the character moves, um, controller mapping, even like a lot of the stuff uh, right. feels right at home. I I enjoyed Samus Returns quite a bit, so I know I'm gonna enjoy this game. Yeah, you you just have to you, you mentally just smash Samus Returns together with Fusion, mm-hmm. and that that's what you get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. If if you expect Samus Returns, you're going to be disappointed because it's not Samus Returns, and if you expect Fusion, you're going to be disappointed because it's not Fusion. Yeah. If you expect a mix of both, you're going to have a great time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So so far so good actually. So yeah. Yeah. Enjoying it, but I just thought it's an it's an odd decision with the Emmy. But also, I thought it's one of those things that probably either I will be able to deal with it a lot better in the future, or um, you know, like you'll be able to clear out the area and then you can explore on your own terms. Right. Yeah. yeah. I think the main thing is it's just not a very exploration-based game. Like you explore a bit, but most of the time you're exploring in the direction the game wants you to explore anyway. Yeah. Uh, it's really well done level design. Yeah, I'm not sure uh, if honestly. I dislike that. Actually, maybe quite the opposite. I think I like that. Yeah, uh, you know the backtracking and, and and that kind of stuff. I you know it had its place, but yeah, I feel like I'm I'm not in the mindset for that kind of game design anymore. Yeah, yeah, they did they did incredible work. You're still backtracking, but when you're backtracking, you know that that's the backtracking you need to do, mm-hmm. and there's not really a question about it. Uh, if you return to previous zones, it drops you at a different place in those zones. A hundred percenting it was genuinely pretty pretty fun. I don't know if you remember the Shine Spark mechanic from uh, uh, Samus Returns. Yeah, I do. Yeah, uh, that's back. Nice. Uh, not quite as punishing mm-hmm. as in uh, as in Samus Returns, but uh, it it still hurts. Okay. Uh, g- getting those will still make your thumbs cry. <laughs> um, the, but yeah, no, I had a great time with it. The controllers are much better than, uh, you know, <laughs> than, than bleeding my fingers on a 3DS, so I'm happy. Fair, <laughs> fair, fair, very fair. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that, I, I mean, that's the main game I played still. Uh, I mean, I, I got home and I uh, I downloaded the uh, Alan Wake remastered. Mm-hmm. Are you going to finish it? I love Alan Wake. Like, I'm I'm halfway through. Oh, well, uh, it's not a long game if I remember correctly. Was it eight? No, hours it's not very long. Like, yeah, it's something like that. Yeah. And uh, uh, I continued on Destiny. Uh, yeah. Finally, yeah, I played um, it. Yeah, it's it's nice. I just I don't know. Destiny is just such a good. I'm at the end of my day. I want to kick back mm-hmm. and just play a video game. The three of us should play sometime. I really want to show you some of the because neither of you has raided much, have you? No. I really want to show you the raids. There's some incredible game design going on there, and the dungeons as well. Like, I'm down. Just top level, like multiplayer co-op stuff. Yeah, I'm down for sure. Cool. Let's do that. And then I want to watch Osama play more Flight Simulator. (laughs) (laughs) I want to watch that too. Oh no! 
We should stream me crashing into the side of a mountain. <laughs> I can already. I, I can already. So for anybody in the CIA listening, we're talking about flight simulator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, CIA oh. people. We're talking yeah. video oh, games just, this way. I wasn't <laughs> uh, Yeah. So the, the Osama that just says that he liked to crash an airplane. <laughs> oh, no. That was in an airplane. It was in a simulator. Was, and uh, yeah. It's a Microsoft thing. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, CIA, for your understanding. <laughs> and apologies for triggering whatever alarm on your dashboard just now. <laughs> so I've been playing a lot of video games. <laughs> <laughs> what have you been playing, Fuzzy? So, the CIA person is just sitting there being like, are they actually talking about video games? I think they might actually be talking. These are nerds, right? Yeah, they're nerds. Okay. Um, so there's uh, one game uh, one game I sampled and one game I played with friends. Uh, I'll talk about the, the the other game I tried for a bit. Also I played an hour or so of it. Um is uh, Sweary's latest game called ah, the good, good life. life. The good life. Yeah. Exactly. So I think that game has been on Kickstarter for a while. Um it, it, if I remember correctly, Sweary Sweary is the 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 mind behind Deadly Premonition for those who don't know him. As well as uh, Deadly Premonition 2. And uh, what was it? D3? Is that what it's called? Or 3D? D3, I think is what it's called. D3, yeah, I think so. D3. Um, it was supposed to be a, a series of games, but only made one before he left his company and went indie. Um, so we were, no, wait, what? What's that? Yeah, no, was it was it D3? Uh, D4. Or was it D, D4. D4. It was D4. It was, it was D4. D4. Yeah, I was, yes, correct. D4. Um uh, yeah. Something something doesn't die. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So he made that game and then he left his company and he started uh, going indie. He did a Kickstarter for The Good Life at first and that Kickstarter did not go well. Then he made a bunch of other games. Then he went for Kickstarter on this time again and then it worked. He got the, the and eventually got this game made. So I downloaded it and played it. So, so what did you think? So, <laughs> I need to say a bunch of things first. I feel before I start talking about the game, the disclaimers <laughs> they're coming out. So, I think Suri is a great guy, right? And, um, you know, it goes without saying, everybody that we know, whenever we talk about the game, we know people that have a strain of salt and all that jazz, yeah. Um, it takes, um, a specific amount of, of of patience and endurance to start and play a Sweary game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But more often than not, if you are to endure, you get rewarded handsomely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So like in the first Deadly Premonition, it's not a game that plays well. But I could not stop playing that game. And I loved it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I, I still think it's uh, it's an amazing game. And it's one of his best games. But... Like, it's really hard to defend a lot of the things about this game, which is a common trend in a lot of Sweary games. Right. Interesting. Okay. Um, this one is no different. <laughs> the game started, and I don't know why. What kind of game is it? Very don't ask question. that question. It's it's a Sweary game. It's a Sweary oh. game. <laughs> it's a Sweary game. Okay, okay. Just, I, I retract my question. I feel like it's a swear games. There's a lot of happening. There's seven genres, and yeah. uh, it tries to do all of them. Yeah. So, yeah. like in in this game so far, from what I've experienced, there's a bit of RPG, there's a bit of horror, there's a bit of survival, there's a bit of farming, and there's what? a bit yeah. of Pokemon Snap in it. Right. What are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> no, that's that, that's it's a swear game. This is <laughs> you, this is Lily. This is Lily. It's all the games. You okay. play as a reporter who just um, <laughs> arrives at the sleepy English town and you're supposed to be taking pictures with, uh, of stuff and uploading them on a, like an ancient looking computer so that you finally pay back the debt. You owe this, um, this, uh, these people three, 33 million pounds or something like that. I don't know how you got into this kind of trouble, but you owe them a lot of money and you need to pay them back. (laughs) And you pay them back by revealing this uh, town's secret, but also by planting potatoes and (laughs) and taking pictures (laughs) of people that live in this town and all of this kind of stuff. That's a lot of potatoes. 33 million dollars. That's a lot of potatoes. (laughs) Well, 
I don't know. If you just know about basic investing, if you start with six <laughs> potatoes <laughs> and you grow them, then you'll have six potatoes. Like you'll have 36 potatoes. And right. then you, I you take those and you put them in the ground. Yeah. I so, spent too much time on Twitter. Well, yes, like, really, really what I, like, it's, it's, um, it's like an open world game. It's like Shinmu meets Pokemon Snap meets farming. This is the best worst description <laughs> you could have possibly used, but you're also 100% correct. <laughs> and it feels like it came out in 2001. <laughs> and it probably has one of the most infuriating running animation I have ever seen in the video game. <laughs> and I've seen a lot of those. But it is so intriguing. Right. I can't stop playing it. I played two hours of it so far. And like, you know, there's a mixture of like, you know, laughing out loud to scratching my head to (laughs) wanting to throw the controller out the window. And I go like, oh, good to be playing a Sweary game again. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's exactly that, right? You play it and you're like, what in the God? Why am I playing? Huh? That is hilarious. But am I? So it's also a... Okay. And then we haven't even gone to the part where, like, animals. Yeah. And, and the thing is, I've been trying, I've been avoiding it because I'm not sure if it's a spoiler or not, because there's a build up towards it. So maybe I'll, I'll leave it for a week or two before I talk about it. Maybe. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's odd as hell. And, like, he has, a, he has an odd relationship with cats. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they always make an appearance in some way or another in his games in a very I mean, funny way. I uh, I looked it up, but the 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 twist is in the game's description on Steam, so I don't think it's really a spoiler. But okay. if you want to avoid it, still you can still avoid it. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. fine. But like I I can I can uh, have a, another one that is not like um it's not oh, a yeah. spoiler in which like um there's a, like instead of a renegade paragon meter <laughs> this game has a dog's cat meter so uh, so depending on how much if you like for a cat person or a dog person different people will react to you differently how does he come up with these ideas so like sometimes you can get a side quest from people if you're a dog person but they refuse to talk to you as well but you can also change your affinity so you can go like oh i completely changed my mind i'm a cat person now i'm like oh well here we go here's a side quest <laughs> Okay, I, I, I'm saying this sincerely. This is not a joke. I would pay good money to sit in one of their brainstorming sessions. I would love to see how he comes up with these pictures so and ideas. I, <laughs> I, I, can t- I can tell you how it goes. He sits there and he goes, I like cats. Yes. <laughs> yes, it's exactly that. <laughs> I don't think I would like talking to you if you like dogs. Can we make that a mechanic? Yes. I want to make a game about that. <laughs> right. No, Sveri is a very particular person. Oh yeah. Um, but he he is uh, he is very jovial. Mm-hmm. I like um, this word. Right. He's kind of jovial, but with a sort of urgent sincerity to it. Yes. And I think his games like really reflect that. Uh, and the sincerity, like you know, being sincere doesn't always mean that you're happy, even if you're a jovial person. That's true. So, so the game sort of like swings pretty aggressively between feelings as well. Like, yeah. obviously, there's sort of like a weird sense of despair, but also a sense of wonder. There's a sense of yeah. weirdness, of quirky, of um, it's kind of everything. Yes. I, I feel like Sweary is one of those developers that makes games that just are him. Yeah, mm-hmm. but there's always originality, uh, right. a really good sense of humor that appears out of nowhere. But also, like, yeah, it's it's like I said, you're like you're in awe, you're laughing, you're scratching your head. Do you want to break your console? And all within like you know ten minutes of each other, and sometimes within seconds of each yeah, other. Yeah, and that's that's really a sweary game. You know, as with a lot of the sweary games, I go like they're worth checking out. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, okay. it, like it's weird because they're all worth checking out, but I cannot for the life of me guarantee that you will enjoy it. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I'm intrigued. I right. downloaded it on Game Pass because I saw it and yeah. it looked interesting and weird and I wanted to try it, but I ended up playing a different game and that's why I haven't tried it yet. But now I really want to just jump in, give it a couple of hours and see 
where it takes me because I have never played a Square game before. Yeah, it has this like you know this unrelenting um, like uh, attachment to its vision. You know, like how in like the first Shinmu, Ryu mm-hmm. had to like put on his shoes, take off his shoes every time yeah. he walked in and out of the house. Yeah. Or like you have to kind of scan the drawers one by one and then drag the drawer to open and to find the stuff in it. Like these yeah. kind of mechanics, they were really like, <laughs> they're not yeah. really making your life easier as a player. Yeah. But then you look but at the entire exactly package fun. as a whole and you go like, wow, Shinmu was a thing, you know? Yeah. I'm yeah. just, I'm not, I just want, just as you're saying this, I'm like, what would an Arab Shenmue look like? What, like what? What ritual would be extremely repetitive and painful to do every time, but also it would be right? Every time you meet a guy, you have to kiss them 12 times on the face. (laughs) Right. But also if you hang hang up a phone call, you need to say salam. You need to say salam 17 times. Uh, Salam, habibi, habibi, salam, ahlen, ahlen, salam, ahlen, salam. Change of pleasantries when you say salam at the beginning of the person. And how's your family? And how's your cousin? If it's my auntie, it's like you have to do the la 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 at some point. Like salam, salam. Okay. Every time you need to, like, you go to the shop in the game and you need to buy an item, then you'd uh, <laughs> you have to haggle. You have to haggle. <laughs> <laughs> I haggle for like five minutes, like get this meter exactly in exactly. the right spot. <laughs> oh, there's a cutscene. You're like you're um, you're with uh, friends in the restaurant, then the bill comes, and then a fight scene starts. And it's a quick time event, <laughs> and, and you need to avoid punches in the face while trying to pay the right. bill at the same time. Right. You know we right. have to make this game now. <laughs> Every time you want to leave the house, you need to do a Matrix style, also every, quick time event, dodging of like your mom's flip flops coming every, towards every you. Time, every time you want to use quick travel, you have to like haggle with the cab driver, and if you don't do it, they just charge you like three times the amount of money that you should pay. You have to beg them to take you. It's like I know there's right. traffic, but please take right. me. Right, I need to go that way. Uh, I'm going home. I'm going home. The home is the other way. Okay, I'll pay. I'll pay. I'll pay more. They're like, okay, I'm not going home. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so yeah, it's a a good life by good by life. swearing. The good, like good life. The good life. The good life. <laughs> the good life. <laughs> what else do you play, FOZ? Um, um, yeah, you said two games. No, he played something else. Uh, I played the. Yeah, he said two games, right? Uh, yeah, I said the Metroid, and then I said the uh, a good life, the good life. Oh, he played three games. Yeah, so three games. Bum, 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 but the, yeah. this one, I played a couple of rounds with friends. But I was chatting with Sam about it, so he probably played it too. I did I'm gonna probably too. say Left 4 Dead multiple times as I speak about this game. <laughs> oh my god! There, Left 4 Dead three. Uh, I played Back for Blood. As did I. What I did liked Back for Blood. Yeah, me too. I, I liked it a lot, man. Like, um, yeah. went on a couple of missions with friends, and it's it's uh, it's a hell of a good time, actually. It is. Um, it is. With friends, like, you know, you get those, uh, your friends screaming, you go like, oh my God, this thing is behind you. Or like, you know, the, the hilarious moments, yes. um, the unexpected uh, things happening all the time, and you have to react to it. The weapons feel good. The level design yep. feels good. Yep. Um, the upgrades of the stuff that you do feels pretty good as well. I, I liked it. It's uh, yeah, it's it's you know Left for Dead kind of, <laughs> but better modern. Yeah, if you've played Left for Dead, you'll definitely enjoy it. Uh, my experience with it was a little bit different because when I first started playing it, um, I saw like basically when I launched a game, it said something about a tutorial. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll play the tutorial part alone, and that was a mistake mm-hmm. because you could play the tutorial part with other people. It's not really a tutorial. It's just a first campaign. There's like not really even any explanations of what's happening. Oh, really. yeah, true. Yeah, so I think I made a mistake by playing that first part uh, alone. And yeah. it actually, I actually noticed something that I mm-hmm. didn't notice when I played with people. Because later on, I actually sent up, uh, like I sent a call. Because I used to play Left 4 Dead like religiously with a whole bunch of friends in the past. Yeah. We've dispersed a long time ago, so I was like, I'm not gonna, I wasn't gonna call up the, the the old crew and see if they were online. I just went up to Twitter's. I'm like, hey, friends, who wants to play? Assembled a, a group and and started playing. Yeah. When I played alone, one thing that I thought wasn't really well done mm-hmm. was the bark system. In a very short period of time, I heard the same. You know, you know, there are some barks that are repeatable and other barks that are not repeatable. Yeah, like some barks, you hear them and the, you you take note of them because they mm-hmm. add character, personality, they deep dive or something, and then if you hear it again, you'll be like, "What the hell? Why do you? Why are you saying this again?" Yeah, I heard a, a few barks repeat. 
I heard people make statements that showed that like the the the, the AI w- wasn't taking into account the context of what's happening. Mm-hmm. Like one one like this giant zombie thing without going into too much detail in case it's a spoiler i don't you know just comes out of the ground this giant thing and one of the the people were like "Ooh, i sure i'm tired and i'm like okay is this the moment to to to, to sit and make this statement little things like that that stopped me out of it that i didn't feel the the original left for dead had i thought the voiceovers of the bark system in the left for dead was really good was really yeah. on point the honest truth is, as soon as I started playing with other people, I completely didn't pay attention to it. Yeah, you completely forget that. Yeah, you completely don't, don't, didn't pay attention. And this game is really supposed to be played with other people. The enjoyment of the game... Like, when I played alone, I'm like, yeah, it's pretty good. It feels like Left 4 Dead. As soon as I played with other people, I'm like, yes, this is yeah, what yeah. I was waiting exactly. for. Exactly. Yeah. Actually, kept... even like the tutorial, it gives you the option to play alone or even to play the tutorial with friends. So, like, yes. you could, like... You could play everything in this game in a group. Exactly. So the other thing, the system I actually really liked, I, I, I'm not going to call it original because I'm not 100% sure if, if it exists in another game or not, but it's new to me. Um, you know, the, the a lot of these games uh, have a, like a card system. Actually, Nuclear Throne had it too, Rami, where you, mm-hmm. know, you finish <laughs> a level, then you're presented with a couple of power-ups, you choose one and you move on, right? Yeah. Um, so this I've seen in games. The part that was original to this that I haven't seen before is you're actually, in, in Back for Blood, you're able to build a deck of, of cards that come back. Yeah. And you're kind of able to build them. So like you're, you're collecting these cards as you're playing. More cards are added to your deck. You could pick your favorite ones and you, you, you save those. And then when you're playing your campaign the next time, they show up in the order that you place them. So you're kind of able to stack your deck with the abilities that you unlock, but because of the nature of the game, you're you kind of have to react to what's happening, right? You know, there are different the negative cards that are also added that you don't control that might change the order of the cards that you pick from your deck. Did that get too confusing? Because I think it's a I, I need a flowchart to explain it better. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, I mean because I played the game, I totally thought that you explained it perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> Rami's like, what the hell are these two talking? <laughs> so I will, like- I will be very honest. I'm I've never been a Left for Dead fan. Yeah, uh-huh. and I looked at Back for Blood, and I'm like, I will not be a Back for Blood fan either. <laughs> and that's fair. It, I don't know. It's a zombie thing. I don't. Yeah. I have nothing with so, zombies. So the simpler explanation of what Osama just said. So it's like Shinmu <laughs> with Pokemon Snap and zombies. <laughs> <laughs> I would I would play a Left 4 Dead by Sweary. Oh yeah! If Sweary makes a Left 4 Dead, I am one hundred percent in. Oh god! Imagine but, but Sweary making a multiplayer game. Dogs? I can't imagine. Oh my god! Yes, just just a shooter. Yes, yes. I just want a Sweary shooter. Ask him and put the thought in his mind. See what happens. Well, like in, in, uh, I remember, like I read an interview once that they they forced him to add the shooting to the first Deadly Premonition because the f- the first game did not have shooting involved uh, at right. all. And then he was like, "Okay, you want shooting? I'll put shooting." And he put like the most <laughs> um, the worst inconsequential, right. like <laughs> worst shooting possible, and like there was right. no way for you to lose because he wasn't convinced. It just like, yeah, you want to shoot, shoot, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I uh, I remember there was um, there used to be a game jam by my former co-founder at Vlambeer called uh, Seven Day FPS. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. And there's just this amazing little. There was a keynote where they got a bunch of, of famous indies back in the day to to be part of this keynote, and they got Ed Key. Do you know Ed? Oh yeah. Ed Ed made a game called Proteus. Mm-hmm. And there's this amazing shot of Ed just sitting in a swing. <laughs> right in that keynote and he's just like if only i'd put a gun in the game <laughs> can't, can't believe i forgot the gun <laughs> and it is somehow it is the funniest video that i've seen in my entire career in games because it's just Etki, such a solemn such a kind man making proteus with uh kanaga um this wonderful exploration of like movement and like atmosphere and just no no real gameplay besides walking around right <laughs> like just 
this atmospheric exploration and just him sitting down the swing just being like if only I'd put the gun in there this is so good that's funny uh, I want I want sweary to to actually like genuinely go all in on a shooting game I would I would I would play the hell out of that game I'm pretty sure you wouldn't be shooting bullets <laughs> probably shooting cats. cats right yeah. Yeah. there you go we called it <laughs> All right, oh, so um, I think we're ready to move on to my favorite segment of our Ooh. show. Which is your games. <laughs> Actually, oh, wait, I did forget about my own oh, things. Oh, my God. Oh. Okay, 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 okay. So, 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 so excited to talk about emails. I yes, I wanted to talk about emails. Okay, you know what? I'm going to go with the emails. I will save my games for next week. Does that sound okay? Really? Yeah, well, I played I mean, Back I mean, for could... Blood, and I watched a movie, and I wanted to talk about a Magic the Gathering tournament I played it. So Wait, that... but that Magic the Gathering tournament is going to be like three months. Like that is going to take longer to talk about Magic the Gathering than it takes us to talk about Shang-Chi. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still, I can't remember the movie anymore. I'm going to have to watch it. I, 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 <laughs> Rami just reminded me of it. I completely right, forgot. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I'm guessing it'll be out on Disney Plus soon, so uh, yeah, I guess so I'll watch it on Disney Plus. Exactly, once it comes out on Disney Plus, we'll have All a look. Right. Okay, cool. Save, yeah, it's fine. I'll save these stories for next week. I'm so sure. next wait week. until did Magic talk, the Gathering we... tournament comes out on Disney Plus, then we'll watch it. <laughs> did, we talk, did we talk about Magic on the podcast before we didn't, right? No, I don't think we did. Think what kind did. of deck do you play? Um, I, I actually, my favorite color is green. I like big baddies. Uh, I, I play a whole bunch of different uh, decks, but my favorite deck has no green in it. My favorite deck that I own is an artifact recursion deck. Where I, this is I, the most Osama thing I've heard. I love green. <laughs> anyway, my deck has no green. <laughs> anyway, I'm a designer, so I want to min-max my deck. So I'm just... <laughs> I just, you know, when there's a, a color that speaks to you, like that to right. me is green. Green is a color that speaks to me. But my favorite mechanics in the game aren't in green. So, you know, it's a, it's a little bit of a contradiction. But <laughs> so my favorite deck is the, that I built is an artifact recursion deck where I destroy everything that isn't an artifact and everything in my deck is not an artifact. So I just, I'm the only one playing <laughs> if I get my combo. I died on anything fast, like goblins, but if, if you don't kill me by turn five, you're screwed. I'm not right. going to die at that point. So there you go. What about you two? I play black and white, mostly. Life oh. game. Yeah. So just, just whatever you have, it will die miserably. <laughs> I'd like, uh, that's that's the deck you play, and I will gain health by doing. Right. By yeah. doing. <laughs> White black can be so frustrating to yeah. talk to to play against because you're just like, okay, I have all this good stuff, everything is gonna be fine, and then they just slowly start dying of some horrible disease <laughs> while you're like gaining health, and it's like, wait, what? But but yeah, no. <laughs> it's basically like I want to bring out my best vampires and buff them up as much as possible while while tapping all of your creatures and like dunking all of your spells, <laughs> so right. I can actually do my <laughs> final attack. Sounds like uh, a good time. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm white blue. Control. <laughs> of course, you that's, are. The worst. Yeah. that's the worst. That's the worst. I like, mean, it's such it a is. combination. It is. I, it is. The worst. Yeah, it is. It is one of those. But I, I absolutely prefer white, blue. It's, it's, it's kind of. It's dependable. It's slow. It can slow the game down. You can use some control. Like I don't know. It can, like, it can speed it just, things up a lot. I've seen people flip tables against blue. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Blue, blue is brutal, but the combination with white really like it. It's kind of a weird like slow down the opponent while you get your stuff in place and then just wreck them with blue. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Oh. Enjoy it. So I like, Osama really really brings that. out this big baddie, and then you're yeah. like, all right, so now mind control, and it's mine. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> also, you see that nice thing you built to defend yourself. Yeah, I'm gonna fly over it. <laughs> And then you yeah. see like Osama crying tears of artifacts. <laughs> <laughs> but that's why I, I, I will like... say 
Yes. I will say, between the two decks that I'm hearing, I would rather play Osama <laughs> than you, Fauzi. Because, <laughs> For uh, sure. Imagine For sure. black and white versus blue and white. That, that oh. yeah. Oh. That's oh. a miserable. It's a miserable match because <laughs> both of us, both of us play slow. Yes. To build up stuff to get to the point where we can do the cool stuff. Mm-hmm. So the question is really, who gets there first? Yeah. <laughs> That's like, like a fighting no game real... match between two turtles. That's what it is. Right. Yeah. Order. It's like it's either we're gonna get to the point where like I own everything on, on the board, or we get to the point where <laughs> I can't do anything because everything I do slowly dies. <laughs> well, I would do the thing in which like, um, oh, I'm gonna have this white spell that's gonna basically wipe all the creatures on the board. Oh, but right. wait, <laughs> my creatures come back as an undead. Oopsie. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who would have thought? <laughs> Who would have thought? Uh, anyway, so, okay, let's talk. Let's let's talk about magic next time. Let's go yes, to email. Exactly. Yes, Tell us about favorite your segment. favorite magic moment. Send us emails at <laughs> info at the wow. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay, so um, the first email we get is from Willie Schinmeier, who says, uh, "I once heard the story of how Rami encountered Snoop Dogg at an airport." What are some memorable random encounters y'all have had? In, and then he ends with enjoy your tea. And I am Ooh, drinking tea. So I have a couple, it. actually. Go for it. I ran into, um, what's his name? Aquaman in Heathrow once. Oh, Jason Momoa. Jason Momoa. That's awesome. I was at the bar buying a drink for myself. And I was like, oh, well, you're the guy from Game of Thrones. I was like, yeah, he's, uh, he's, uh, he's a Kiwi. Was he a nice guy? <laughs> Really nice guy. Yeah, typical Kiwi. I love Kiwis, man. Uh, yeah, they're really good people. Yeah, really, really good are. guy. And um, another story I have, like, a, but uh, shorter than this. I ran into Shakira in an Ooh. airport. It was in Johannesburg. Uh, okay. And actually, how I got to Johannesburg is because I won tickets to, uh, to attend the final match of the World Cup. 2010 oh nice <laughs> and um uh, in a radio show competition and what? uh yeah and then flown flown over to um to johannesburg watched the final match and she was performing so you, you watched the netherlands play karate against spain i have wow. <laughs> I've, I've watched the netherlands <laughs> no no replays when you're in the stadium unfortunately so you don't get i mean it was hard it was hard to miss that the spanish people kept flying 60 meters because we came in leg stretched <laughs> yep <laughs> that match is still an embarrassment to the netherlands it was a, it was a fun match uh shakira performed at the closing ceremony uh i think uh in the world cup that uh, time and she was flying out around the same time we were uh, yeah. I'm just I'm just thinking like I don't think the Spanish players thought it was a fun match. <laughs> like but they won. I'm pretty sure like got, three of yeah but but also three of them died probably like <laughs> they got their first world cup it was worth it. Right. What's, yeah, okay, what's the busted knee? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. The next time we played Spain we like wrecked them 5-0 to make up for it. Yeah, so. we, you know, you haven't won the world cup yet so the Netherlands is very. I think we're the we're the country with the most second place. Uh, we're the we're the country that played the most finals without ever winning one. Wow! In the world, that's our record, which is the most Dutch record you could possibly imagine. <laughs> well, that means you're um, pretty close to getting one. Uh, you know what? I, you know a famous person I met. Yeah. I once punched Elijah Wood. Wait, what? What? Yeah, it was an accident. Oh, I'm sure um, it was. What's the story? He, well, he was walking by me at a festival in Austin, a movie festival in Austin that I was attending because they also had a games festival. Mm-hmm. And he just walked by me. And I had read in an interview a few days earlier that he was a huge fan of Ridiculous Fishing, which was a game I worked on. Wow. So he walked by and my brain was just a second too slow with being like, oh my God, that is Elijah Wood. <laughs> so I tried to tap him on the shoulder. But he was already pretty far away, so I had to make a pretty big swing. Oh no! To still make it to his shoulder, and I, you know, it came in a little harder than I thought. <laughs> so, uh, he was a little surprised by being punched by a tall Arab man. Um, but uh, he he was he was good with it. Yeah. He was uh, he was Rolled very kind with the about punches, it. Yeah, he, he's yeah. Wow. He was graceful about it. So yeah, it was a 
accident, clearly. But uh, yeah, I told him I made ridiculous fishing. He said, "Oh, cool! I love that game." And then he had to run. Not anymore. Off to, <laughs> yeah. Then he had to, he right, had to run off to his thing. Elijah, don't uh, meet your heroes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really, really weird way to meet your heroes is to be punched by them. Um, yeah, he's 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 a he's a kind man. Like he's he clearly cares about a lot of stuff. He cares about video games a lot. clearly too. Yeah. So yeah, he's uh, that was nice. But Osama, yeah. did you? So yeah, so this is my story. Um, I was I had a booth at Comic Con to show a, a game that I was working on at one point. One of my friends volunteered at Comic Con, and I was looking for him. I don't exactly remember why, but I was looking for him. So I went to speak to some of the volunteers, and I said, "Hey, uh, do you know where Muhammad is? I want to see Muhammad." And he's, they said, oh, go, go in that room. He's in that room. So, so the person, like, you know, they have people, volunteers standing at the, at the front of these rooms to make sure that you have permission to walk in. What they saw is someone pointing, like someone who, who volunteers at a Comic-Con, pointing in that direction. And because of that, without checking my credentials or anything, I just walked in. And they're like, okay, you can go in. Only a little bit later did I realize I was in a VIP room with all of the celebrities. It took me a sec to realize it. I'm walking in. I'm looking for my friend. I had, I was determined. I had like a purpose. And I see, do you know Danny Trejo? Mm-hmm. So Danny Trejo is standing next to me. And um, like, this is not a comment on anyone, but he's much shorter than I thought he was. He's like five foot tall. He was really small to the point that in my mind, I imagine Danny Trejo was like, you know, a, a taller man. So yeah. I'm like, oh, this this gentleman beside me, it looks just like Danny Trejo, except he's like, you know. Has anybody like, ever told you? Told you you like just you look just like Danny. Tre- <laughs> like exactly, he has his face, except he's like a like a foot shorter than I expected him to be. So in my mind, it didn't register that it's him. And he was friendly. He was smiling. He was like, "Hi, how you doing?" I guess he thought I worked there, and like you know, had a conversation. He asked me a question or something, and realization hit me who he was. And I just like, wait, where am I? And I look around, and I see like. I saw the Doctor Who guy, and I saw a bunch of people in the same really fancy room. And that's when they spotted me, and they're like, "Wait a sec, this guy's looking around." Was, like, was it the, well, yeah, was it like it your mouth, just, your yeah. jaw yeah. just went like, uh. <laughs> yes. And I guess that's like shining a spotlight on yourself because right. right away someone came straight at me and said, "Sorry, sir, you're not supposed to be here and escorted right. me out." And I'm like, okay. Yeah, I, I had, so, if I had just played it cool for a little longer, I would have met all the celebrities. Like, security, we gotta get this guy out before he punches <laughs> someone. <Yeah. laughs> you know, tall Arabs, you can't trust them. No, I, uh, I also, I also got a um, a back rub from James Bond. What is which, happening with James Bond? George Lazenby. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> what is happening here? Uh, I was at a, I was at an event to uh, to potentially win an award, and I was sat at a table, and uh, the person next to me was this older guy, and we just had a chat about what I was doing there, and I asked him what he was doing there, and he's just like, oh, you know, the award circuit. And I'm like, okay, cool, because um, I kind of felt the same, and so we had a meal because there was dinner, and uh, you know, he asked me about what I did, and he complained about his uh, kids or cousins or whatever it was, like uh, or grandkids, like just emptying his wallet through his iPad, and I we kind of laughed about like all that. And um, you know, I asked him what he did, and he said like, "Oh, you know, I I used to do some uh, some work in Hollywood, but not really anymore." And I'm like, "Okay, cool, cool, cool." And then the the you know the ceremony continues, and this lady gets up on the stage and just goes like, and you know the you know uh, our next award is being presented by James Bond, mm-hmm. and the guy just gets up and and walks to the front of the stage and is George Lazenby slash James Bond, which I hadn't really watched old James Bonds much. <laughs> uh, hands out an award, comes back down, sits down next to me. Looks at my dinner, realizes that I haven't eaten my dessert. Looks at me and goes like, "Can I have that?" <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah, mate, sure, you can, you can, yeah, absolutely. If you want it, I'm, I'm not gonna eat it." He's like, "Thanks," and he eats the dessert. Then he looks at me. He's like, "Yeah, I think that's it for me for tonight." And he gets up and he just walks behind me and he puts his hand on my left shoulder and then his hand on my right shoulder and just does like one of those massage pushes. <laughs> he's like, "Was good meeting you, kid." I'm like, yeah, cheers, mate. And he just takes a step backwards because the door out is right behind me. And it's one of those doors with a push bar. 
<laughs> right? Like there's a sort of like a, um, a hip height bar that you press to open. Mm-hmm. He puts his back against that, puts his hands on it, and just rotates out. Wow. Like the smoothest, wow. the smoothest exit I've ever seen. You didn't hear the door open. I was like, yeah, okay, I can see why they cast this guy as James Bond. Like that's a very James Bond Dude, thing smooth. to do. <laughs> took took my dessert, gave me a back rub, and just left. Uh, and I'm like, okay, yeah, fair enough. He's looking at uh, you, kid. And then he's left yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, the fact that he said kid made me so happy because I call a lot of people kid automatically, yeah. uh, and it's. You know, like if somebody asked me about you or Osama, I would call both of you kids. I would just say, like, yeah, they're good kids. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's sort of like a weird big brother thing that happened in the games industry. So I just call everybody kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and he called me a kid. And I'm like, hmm, okay. Feeling a little uncomfortable, but okay. Uh, so it was funny. That's funny. It was, yeah, that was a, that was a good, that was a good run in. <laughs> Not as good as the Snoop Dogg story, but you know. Yes, it's still a, good a story. pretty good story. Yeah, I think the punching Elijah Wood still wins. Yes, <laughs> punch Frodo. <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah, that's why. That's what I told. I messaged my mom a few days before. I'm like, Frodo likes my game. My mom is like, great. And then a few days later, I'm like, I punched Frodo. My mom's like, what? <laughs> you what? Why would you do? <laughs> They're gonna cast me a Sauron in the next. In this right. <laughs> Uh, he doesn't have the ring anymore. What's he going to do? <laughs> He's a hobbit. <laughs> all right. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I think that's all the time that we have for this week. <laughs> for this email. <laughs> Everybody else who sent emails, sorry for talking about this email for so long. It, it's okay. We'll have future segments where we're going to read out other emails. So, it's all fair. Good. fair. So, so, send them. Don't, you know, don't hesitate. I love, I get so happy when I see them. So, please send them. Um, and yeah, that's it. Like before we started this podcast, Osama was just talking about emails. Yes, of course. That's it. Of course. Just, I'm, like, it's, it's... I'm, I'm like, we got mail. We're doing this podcast. I don't care. Right. Yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. That so we opened a lot of fun discussions. So yeah, yeah that's fair. Like it, it's it's good for topics too. Just yeah. like sort of like something to talk about. We would have never have thought that we're gonna be talking about Rami punching Frodo King tonight. Frodo. But here we are. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. If anybody of us had punched Frodo, it would absolutely be me. That's true. <laughs> that's true. Between I, the three of us, I, like, I, I would have probably tried to hug him. But, you, you would know, hug Frodo. Cool. Yeah. Yes. Listen, you, I was trying to tap him on the shoulder. He's just short. <laughs> Not as short as Danny Trejo. <laughs> I looked it up. Him. He's 167? Yeah, I, I, he's short. I don't I don't know what he's 167. Yeah. He is one meter sixty-seven, which yeah. is uh what? He's not that much shorter than me. Five four. <laughs> yeah, he, 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 yeah, like yeah, he's, that, that's about right. He's about five four. Yeah. yeah, so he's basically tiny. Yeah, he was tiny, but that's the thing in the movie. It's not that like it's. Not, I, I've seen. He has the Tom people. Cruise effect. He gets filmed in such a way that he seems tall. Exactly. I like. Right. I don't know why. In my mind, I thought he was six foot or close. Like that's that's what I thought. I thought he would be like eye level. And I just see it, this really short man who had exactly his face. And I was just like... I just like that we keep saying that it's really short while Fauzi is basically one. No. I mean, like, no. I'm, I'm 176. So... Right. I'm, uh, just flip I'm, some numbers, but not even 10 centimeter difference. Yeah, right? I mean, but it's, it's not it's, even a 10 centimeter difference, exactly. You guys are huge. <laughs> 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 huge. But I mean, it's it's short relative to what I was expecting, right? Right. I mean, Rami's I mean, tall. I imagine Fauzi to be a giant anyway. <laughs> First time I met Rami, I couldn't believe how tall he was because I, I thought he was going to be shorter than me so like if that even made it worse i didn't right, but I hadn't known i didn't know i've seen you talk but you don't get a, a, an idea of how tall a person is when you compare them with other people who don't know how tall they are either yeah right yeah i i just remember fauzi might not be tall in stature but it, you don't play a lethal league against him <laughs> <laughs> that good Fauzi is pretty good at Lethal League. I can beat him, yeah. but it was for a first for a first time playing because I think that was his first time playing that game ever. He gave me a hard time. Oh, wow. I, I can't wait. We got to get uh, all three of us in a room playing Lethal League. All right, so Destiny, Lethal League, Flight Simulator. We need this to take a happen. staycation, like a week <laughs> off. Well, that's we just, what we need to do. Oh, just the Habibis. The Habibis just playing video games. Have you playing video games? I am super up for that. I I'm am up for that. Down for I that. have a portable mic now, so we can <laughs> we can totally deal with this. Yes, absolutely. Good. All I'm right. just gonna hit the music for the outro, and then Osama <laughs> just wrap it up real quick. Okay. All right, all right. Hit the music. All right, folks. 
As I mentioned, send us your emails. I can't end an episode wait, 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 without go, go. it. Salam. Salam. <laughs> salam. That was the Habibis podcast for this week. <laughs> I'm Osama Dorius, your host for this episode. You can find me on Twitter at Osama Dorius. My fellow Habibis were Rami Ismail. You can find on Twitter at T-H-A underscore Rami. And Fauzi Mesmar, who you can find on Twitter at Fauzi Mesmar. Send us your questions, stories, suggestions via info at thehabibis.com. Intro and outro music was provided by Malik Zubaydah, and the logo was provided by Ibrahim Hamdi. The Habibis is a weekly podcast about three game developers drinking good Arab tea, with new episodes launching every Friday, inshallah. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcasting service, or check out thehabibis.com for more information. Thank you for listening, and salam alaikum.